0: Previously, on across the tracks, climate change is real. Climate change is definitely real. The the the, the people who don't want to give in to it, uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, why they don't see the changes that are going on. You know, not just in the United States, but around the world, how the weather patterns have changed. You've got the uh, glaciers that are melting uh, a lot faster than, um, you know, scientists predicted they would, uh, all because uh, the 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 climate and the, you know, the conditions in our ecosystems. They're out of whack.
1: Now, let's let's leap forward to today. You know, 2019, there is an opioid epidemic. In the 80s, they didn't say it was a cocaine or marijuana (laughs) epidemic. It was just guys out selling cocaine, marijuana, and selling drugs. Well, today, there's this opioid problem. Well, most of the people involved in these opioid problems are white, okay? Now, there's a big concern about we have to do something about the opioid problem. Well, I wish in the 80s and the 90s they would say, "Well, we have to do something about this economic situation where these people can't make a living." But yep. today, today is such a big deal when now we have to come up with and rehabilitate these people. We have to find the ways of eliminating the opioid. <laughs> I'm Steve.
0: And I am Wayne. And it's been a few minutes since we graced the airways, but uh, we are back after uh, extended uh, vacations uh, at sea and work in various locations around this great country. We are back with another episode of the Across the Tracks podcast. Glad you can
1: join us. Yes, sir. We are back. <laughs> what do you got on the the to docket well, tonight Wayne
0: Well tonight um, got got a few topics of, of interest uh, that uh, I came across um, you know just scanning the um, the newspaper I like to read the the, the Wall Street Journal now I mean, I'm into the Wall Street Journal been checking that out reading that every day and a couple of things uh, caught my attention in the paper and not only there but uh, one of the big stories on the news today was the uh, play for pay. And California, the governor of California, uh, signed um, into law today that uh, various schools in California, uh, those schools being UCLA, USC, Cal, Stanford, and there's one more, uh, student athletes can be paid for their image, use of their name, likeness, etc., Similar to, you know, they I guess they wouldn't be amateur athletes anymore, but uh, they're going to be paid to play. And so this is a topic that's been bantered around quite a bit here for the last uh, at least the last few years, whether or not college athletes should be paid because of the amount of money that these institutions are generating off athletes. The coaches are making buku bucks. They've got endorsements with all the major athletic companies, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Uh, they're making buku bucks. Why aren't the athletes getting some of that? So I think this is the first step, California leading the charge on this. So I think that's, uh, that's a topic worthy of some additional discussion. And what's your view on that?
1: Well, I've got an acronym for that. <laughs> BDT. About damn time
0: <laughs>
1: yeah uh, i I kind of go along with the Governor on that because these kids are um, are athletes are young men and women are coming from small town America like etown and and uh, going off and playing college ball, and literally their situation uh, is just as bad as if they came from a a bad neighborhood or. Uh, an area that's not so well, but their athletic ability and or their academic uh, ability has allowed them to move on. And as you mentioned, you know, the college coaches are making millions of dollars. The institutions are making millions of dollars and the NCAA has got this idea that, you know, these kids should be amateur athletes at all times. Well, after so long you know they're going to either graduate or going to step on into the nba or the nfl or or uh, major league baseball or whatever and then uh they're going to make money that they should have been making before well i i see no problem with them being paid uh to play you know they got to be compensated somehow you know yes they get their academics free Yes, they'll they'll they get their food uh, free, but their food is only what they get from the university. You know, after football practice, they don't get any extra food. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, dinner tables and things like that for them. So this is something that's a positive. Right. As far as I'm concerned. However, California is going to put a lot of pressure on the rest of the state's around the united states the rest of the colleges around the united states because simply you know who's going to go to california play <laughs> the best athletes the best athletes yeah why am i why am i going to go to indiana university when i can go to usc and play and they're going to pay me yeah. why am i why am i going to go to penn state or why am i going to go to uh florida or even Alabama, who has you know won national championships for years, when I can go to California and play at USC or play at UCLA or play at Stanford, yep. you know, money talks, and I'm going to go where the money is. That's my thoughts on it.
0: No, that's that is that is something that probably has not been thought about. Uh, that a lot of these um, you know five star recruits for a lot of these sports, basketball, football. Baseball, whatever, um, you know. Like you say, let look at our situation. Why, Why should somebody go to UK? Even though UK is a powerhouse when it comes to basketball, Calipari is turning out these guys to the NBA. As soon as he recruits them, they stay a year. They're gone. So a lot of these five star recruits that are going to UK. Let's see what happens if they decide to go play ball, like you said, at UCLA or USC or Long Beach State or someplace like that, you know, where, hey, I can go out here. I can get my money. And if I'm in a program that gets national exposure and I'm on TV a couple of times a week, the NBA scouts, the NFL scouts, whatever, they're going to see my talent and, and I'm going to get paid doubly. So, yes, California is setting a precedence for the rest of the country, and I'm not sure how this is going to play out. But I totally agree with you. I think it is about time. If if you go back and look at what college athletics were back when we were in high school and when we were watching the the Western Kentucky when uh, Clem Haskins uh, was was the coach down at Western and you know you Western was a powerhouse in basketball back back in the seventies I you know those guys were they were just playing truly for the love of the game they were an athletic scholarship same thing with guys at UK U of L uh, you know Eastern whatever you played because hey you got a scholarship your talent got you that how did we get so far removed from the fact that money has just entered so much into college athletics. And we we probably know under the table things were going on with a lot of these big time athletes. It just wasn't probably talked about as much. But we knew folks were probably getting some perks on the side. You can't you can't necessarily prove it. But you probably thought like, eh, you know, they're probably taking care of this guy pretty good. But. Where did we go? Where, where? How did we transcend from, you know, just being on scholarship, you played the games, you practiced to now that the coach is literally contract is in the millions of dollars and they've got more endorsements than a lot of athletes that are pros. Right. You know, right. the college coaches endorsements are bigger than some pro athletes. And so, um, yeah, I think it's about time that that a lot of these young men, young women who are toiling for these universities, practicing, you know, giving blood, sweat and tears on the athletic field, uh, the gymnasiums all across this country. It's about time. I think that they get a share of what that university is raking in on the on the, uh, you know, the backs of their athletic talent. So,
1: you know, uh, Wayne, just just think about this for a second. Uh, when we graduated from high school, as you as you remember, Mark Bradley, he had signed a uh, a football scholarship to play for Western. Yep. And he had also was drafted by the Los Angeles Dodgers.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And he chose, in order to in in order to support himself and the family, uh, he chose to play major league baseball as opposed to go to western and play football right right so and that was you know 1975 we're talking that was almost 45 years ago right right and you know here's a here's an athlete small town america e-town kentucky who is athletic enough to play anything
0: yeah
1: and he chose instead of academics to go ahead and play major league baseball yep So a lot of these kids are going to have the same choices. But now if this, you know, the NCAA, they really either they're going to squash it or they're going to allow other schools to do it. There's no way around it, because if they punish those California schools, then what's going to end up happening is that there's going to be probably some boycotting going on. There's probably going to be a lot of athletes that's going to say, "Hey, I'm not going to play if I can't get paid." So right. they're they're, right. they're under the uh, they're under the watchful eye of just about everybody. Tomorrow, it's, it's all going to be everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, and and this 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 goes back to the I think uh, I don't know if it was a lawsuit or a uh, just a grievance that Ed O'Bannon filed uh, back in the '90s, maybe it was late '80s. 90s Ed O'Bannon filed a grievance against the NCAA for the very reason that now California said, hey, we want our athletes, if you're using my image, if you're using my name, if you're using anything associated with my athletic talents to pump up this university, we want to be compensated for that. So Ed O'Bannon initiated that back when he played ball at UCLA. He initiated that uh, once he finished his career there. So we've come full circle uh to, to this, you know, it's it's a reality because California's already done it. A lot of the schools that, you know, haven't fallen in line yet, but you've got some athletes because they don't want to be under the scrutiny of the NCAA and they want to get their professional career started a lot quicker rather than going to school, especially basketball players, they're going to play overseas. And there was a couple of, of young recruits that did just that. They went to play in the Australian Basketball League. So they're going to play in the Australian basketball league for a year. Next year they'll enter into the NBA draft with the hopes of, you know, being a lottery pick. So uh, the, the athletes are getting wise to, to what's going on, because of these schools are they're making buku bucks off of of these athletes, and it's I think it's it's about time. I like your acronym. It's about damn time. So
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I like that. So um, since we're talking about play for pay. and let, Let's stay on the money tip here for a minute. And so today there was another uh, issue that came out. The EEOC uh, passed a law, and I think it may have had something to do uh, with the Lily Ledbetter Act that, that President Obama passed when he was in office, which, which basically said that women need to be paid equally for the same job that men were doing. And so the EEOC has come out with with a compliance directive that employees that have more than 100 employees, they now have to make it known what the salaries are for minority and women employees. So what's your take on that in lieu of, you know, what's going on, the fact that, you know, women make, you know, what is it, 75 cents? Uh, on the dollar compared to what men are making. And then we know minority women make less than that. So right. what, what, what's your take on the fact that now companies have to divulge you know, to stop the disparity? They have to make it known what minority and women employees are making in those companies.
1: Yeah, um, I think, Wayne, some of that is being out there and the inconsistencies of pay has been out there, but it's kind of been a dirty little secret that we all know that this has been going on. However, when the women's soccer team won the World Cup for the second time in the past eight years, that brought it to the forefront, and um, the, the, the I can't think of her name, the lady that was the best player of the World Cup this year, yeah, she huh? made it up. She made it a point that, you know, women need to be paid the same as men. I mean, here the men are making a heck of a lot more money, and the men's soccer team has not won a World Cup. And (laughs) they've won the past two. So I think that kind of that kind of kicked it into gear, which probably caused the EEOC to come out with that ruling. You know, let's keep the playing field equal. Women men, uh, uh, gender, race, everything. And it it could have been um, developed uh, when President Obama was in office while or his administration. Uh, The one thing that I'm skeptical of is that the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he may see this as something that President Obama did, and he may just say, "Nope, we're not doing that you know yeah. the, it, that's the only thing that i I see that could possibly happen. I think it's a great idea oh. you know uh in in the field of education in our in our township, men and women are paid the same, they got the same salary scale, pretty much, and we're teaching kids the same right. so if you're an athlete or if you are a drummer or if you are an electrician and you're a man or female or whatever then you should be paid the same as men you yeah. know so let's let's make it let's make it equitable
0: right and that's that's what I've never understood It's like if you hire someone to do a job and that job pays whether it's hourly or whether it's a salary job is the person qualified to do the work yes um, does their skill set line up with what you're looking for yes okay what does the job pay whether it's a man or a woman pay that person equitably period all this uh, you know I we, Amer- again we're back to America getting real We that was on as we say on a previous episode of the podcast yep. we talked about America getting real this is another area where America needs to get real why do you need to have two salary paths for employees when they're doing the same damn job. Pay people equitably, and that's it. And then you don't have to worry about lawsuits. You don't have to worry about all kind of other things that stem from not treating people fairly if you do the right thing from the get-go. So, yes, I'm equally happy to see that. Hopefully, uh, the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue uh, does not see fit to engage in this and uh try to shoot it down just because a previous administration may have had something to do with that. Uh I, I I'm not sure um, whether or not uh, the previous administration had anything to do with it. But the EEOC is stepping out and they want this known because this is something that needs to be squashed. It should have been squashed a long time ago. Uh, and I'm happy for it. You and I both have daughters and uh, I know I want my daughter. If she's out here and she's doing work and she's working hard and she's putting in her time at at, at her her occupation, she should be paid accordingly she should be paid fairly so uh, i'm i'm happy about that and um hopefully we're able to get that done so
1: uh, we'll see well, well let's <laughs> look at it this way maybe the <laughs> occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue may be a little bit occupied um in in recent weeks to um, not worry about it so man i think maybe he's 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 concerned about other things, so, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean. You know yeah, what I mean.
0: Yeah, and 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 I think we're gonna we're, we we want to hit on that a little bit before we before we wrap up tonight because that's that's another hot issue that's going on. So we we want, might want to wrap up with that tonight. But <laughs> since since we're talking about you know equal pay, equal work, we talked about play for pay. Uh, one of the things that has has just got me enthralled here. I am a huge fan of the WNBA. Okay, I cannot uh, uh, hide my glee that I am a serious fan of the WNBA. You and I, we grew up in a in a state that is basketball crazy. Right now, you're in Indiana. They are there. They're a basketball crazy state. But we grew up in Kentucky. Uh, we've played basketball at various levels uh, throughout our lives, and uh, you know you. You you there's a love of the game that you have, even though your body may not allow you to do it anymore. Uh, I still and I'm sure you you know, you mentioned before in some of our discussions, you don't necessarily watch a lot of basketball anymore. Uh, but I do watch a lot of basketball. I still go out and shoot every now and then. Um, I'm not trying to get engaged in any serious competition because uh, <laughs> You know, no, you a, blow you sprain, something out. <laughs> right. You're an ankle at, at at the age we are now. It might take you several months to recover from it.
1: <laughs> so uh,
0: but I but I, I keep my ball, keep my bag. And I get sometimes I tell Cynthia's like, you I'm gonna go down to the gym. And it's just fun to hear the ball go through the net, hear the ball bouncing on the court, the squeak of the sneakers. I love it. So like you, uh, I, I, I watched the NBA forever uh you probably remember back in the 70s we had the Kentucky Colonels there in Louisville. Oh, we absolutely. Watch the Kentucky Colonels all the time. And uh you know, basketball then, it to me it was pure. And it it was, you know, it it wasn't all the the hype that's surrounding the game now. I think the men's game has gone to a level that I don't find it I don't appreciate it as much as I used to. Yeah. So I started gravitating to watching women's basketball, and uh, when I was living in Seattle, they have a WNBA franchise there. I used to go. I'm gonna go check out a game. Seattle Storm. I go check out a go check out a game or two, and I got hooked because the game is pure. It's fundamental, and there is no hype. There is no bravado. Uh, It's You know, you can sit and watch those five ladies on, or the 10 ladies on that court. And when they set a pick, you know that this person's going to (laughs) roll. You know, you don't have to wonder. You can see it coming. And when they give the ball, they cut to the basket. And they've got their hands up. They're looking for that pass. You can watch the game develop. But one of the things that's going on right now within the women's game is, too, they are not being paid accordingly as their male counterparts. And it's really sad because the WNBA is sponsored by the NBA. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really sad that these ladies work hard. A lot of them have to go overseas when the season ends and play until the season starts back in the U.S. And, you know, it's, you know, you and I both know we, we've played ball, man. It, basketball is a hard sport on your body. It is a hard spot on your body. So if you're playing season in WNBA, turn around, you go play overseas for a lot of those teams. The conditions are a lot different. And then you got to come back, get ready for training camp and get ready for the WNBA season. After a while, it takes a toll on your body. And so they are not being fairly compensated for the talents that they're bringing to the court. I hope that someone can find a way to rectify that. Uh, they are not getting... Um, it was just here in the WNBA playoffs where the commissioner of the league authorized them to fly on charter jets. You know, they're flying commercial to a lot of these games. And, and that's sad, man, that the, the NBA cannot find a way to pay these ladies equitably for the talents that they're bringing to the game. And uh, I but I've, I've become a huge fan and an advocate uh, for these ladies. And so if you get a chance Check out the WNBA Finals. They're going on right now. Washington Mystics, Connecticut Sun. Game one was yesterday. The Mystics won that game. It was a great game. And one of my favorite players, man, of and I think she can probably she can probably take on the average guy and give them a run for their money. And she's 6'5. She plays forward, plays center. Her name is Elena Deladon, man, and she is a baller. She is a baller, probably one of my most favorite players in the league. So shout out to the WNBA, man. I hope those ladies, too, since we're talking about equal pay for equal work, I hope that someone sees fit uh, to reward those ladies for their talents, their time, the blood, sweat and tears they're bringing to the court and pay them an equitable wage. That is on par with a lot of what the men are making in in the NBA.
1: Right. I, I can see that happening, man. I can see, definitely see that happening. Yeah. I mean, the EEOC, if they're going to come out with that, it's going to be dealing with just about everything and that's oh, equal yeah. pay. Oh yeah.
0: It's, it's going to,
1: so I'm, I'm sure they're happy about that.
0: Oh yeah. It's going to cross, cut across all spectrums. And I think uh, the young lady, the the women's soccer team, I think it's, it's Megan Rapone, Megan Rapone is her name. Yeah. She was the one who, you know, highlighted the fact that, Hey, we're out here. We've won two world cups. And compared to the men and they gave the figure, the men's uh, the the budget for the men's team is like, you know, several hundred million or something like that. And their budget pales in comparison to that. That's ridiculous, man. That is ridiculous that they're out there, you know, playing, you know, these tournaments. And a lot of times I'm, I'm sure they're they're not being compensated for a lot of things unless you have endorsements, you know, for for what you're doing. And a lot of them don't. So, uh, yeah, she she brought it to the forefront. And I hope that it comes to pass uh, because there are a lot of great women athletes out here doing some great things on the fields, on the courts, all over the place. And uh, if you're a professional, you should be paid a professional salary that is equitable to the talent you're bringing to the game. So,
1: yeah. why, Why do you think that the men aren't as successful as the women? You know what? What's, what are your yeah, thoughts? I have thoughts, but what do well,
0: you think? Well, I, I think mm-hmm. um, I I don't think men's soccer has caught on in the U.S. I just I, we have other sports that occupy our time, the other than men's soccer. Now there are, there are people who you know who who have come to the U.S. where soccer was their sport, and they're going to go watch soccer. But people who are you know this is this is you know your homegrown here in the U.S you're likely more to gravitate to baseball, basketball, or football. Um, And and men's soccer, for whatever reason, it just hasn't drawn the same type of enthusiasm as women's soccer has. And women's soccer, you know, you've got – now young girls have someone to look up to. And, you know, Mia Hamm, back when she she was playing soccer, Mia Hamm was one of the most popular athletes in the U.S., and, you know, you know, little girls had Mia Ham jerseys and a lot of guys had Mia Ham jerseys. You oh. know, so I think women's soccer, I think there's more excitement for it. Um, more young girls are involved in it at a younger age. And uh, I think that gravitates to. The fact that women's soccer as a whole right now, yeah, it is way bigger than than men's professional soccer, way bigger because of the following. I just don't think men's soccer has the same following as women's
1: soccer does. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's my, my view. My thoughts are, are this. <clears throat> United States women's soccer is so popular and so powerful because of economics, you know, and culturally, you know our our fathers and and wives and sisters and aunts you know they can take their young girls and get them involved in soccer while in some of the other cultural cultures you know women are not supposed to be involved in soccer you know women are supposed to be at home and uh, you know taking care of brothers and sisters and so on and financially in order to get good at that sport, you have to play it a lot. And in America, they have these travel teams. Yeah. I mean, you travel all over the country uh, playing soccer. I mean, AAU or travel soccer or travel volleyball and those type of things, it's an expensive sport. Yeah. And so uh, America, the richest country in the world, can't afford to have millions of girls playing soccer because we have, economically, we're much better than uh, the rest of the world. Right, right, On the other end, as you mentioned, men's soccer is behind simply because the world, the man, men's soccer is the number one sport. And in the United States, it is not the number one sport. You know, And, and I've talked to you about we have a number of refugees that moved into our township. And most of these refugees came from Burma or what is now uh, Myanmar. They're Myanmar. Chin. Yep. And 99% of those kids, pl- the guys, play soccer. Our soccer teams at the high schools now 99% of the soccer players, and we have two high schools in our in our uh, township. 99% of the players on the varsity, JV, freshman, eighth, seventh, sixth, fifth, fourth, third, first grade level are chin players. Wow. And that's all they play. You know how we used to go out and play. Pickup games. You know, right. we'd go to the hilltop, or we go right. to Morningside or we go to the bottom, or go right. to Fort Knox, and so on. Yeah, that's how the Chin are uh, with soccer. Wow. There is not a field that's open that is not filled with uh, people playing soccer, and most of them are are are, are brown people. Wow, and that's how it is on the south side of Indianapolis, man. It's like I went to one of their soccer matches the other day and I, and the, the two opposing school rival schools were playing one another. And I went there and watched the soccer game. Just imagine uh, you have a whole house full of fleas and they're running up and down the court. I mean, they're flying, man, all over the place. <laughs> I mean, they're ricocheting. They're doing things with balls. Like, how in the hell did he do that? Yeah, yeah. And it's just so natural to them. It's, it's like us You know, when we go out and play basketball, it's just it's it's a norm to them. So I think that's the reason why uh, women's soccer is so much better than men's, because men across the world, that's all they do is play soccer. And men in America, uh, they don't play as much. Soccer is more popular, but not like it is around the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I I, yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um, you know, living overseas, uh, lived in Turkey, lived in Greece for a while. Especially in Europe, soccer is huge. I mean, it is huge. And so it was any given Sunday, you'd be out like you say, soccer fields full. You know, you know, pickup games. You know, playing soccer, and and the that's the sport that the world has embraced. But we here in the U.S. Um, no, it, it is not the number one sport we have, you know, and probably and right now, I think basketball in the U S is probably the most popular sport and football is probably coming up next and then followed by baseball. But I, I want to segue back, um, to, uh, you know, talking about women's sports, women's sports. And, and I mean, you know, if, if, if you're chilling sometimes on a Saturday or whatnot, tune into a women's game, whether it's softball or whatever, what, what I found interesting about women's sports, and it's probably why I've gravitated to watching WNBA, is there's a level of um, camaraderie in the women's game that a lot of times you don't see in the men's game. And um, it's it's a level of sportsmanship that you you don't see in the men's game. And it's, it's, it's refreshing to see that. Um, you know, like you say, you, you mentioned you don't watch anymore because guys travel now. They they do all kind of stuff that like, what the heck are these guys doing? They carry <laughs> the ball a lot of times. It's like, you know, yeah, basketball has changed on the men's level. And, and a lot of times I, I just turn it off because I can't watch it anymore because to me it's a lot of it is like this. This is not the game that I remember. So but I can find that solace in watching the WNBA. So. Again, I am a huge fan, and uh, I'm trying to talk more people into getting on board with it because it's it's what's happening, and it's it's good fundamental basketball if you're if you're a basketball head. So yeah, so so uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour, and I'm going to throw this out, and this is going to take us to the end of the broadcast tonight. But we are on the edge of possible impeachment of the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I, for one, am excited about that. (laughs) I hate to say that and laugh, but you know what? As your acronym said, it's about damn time. (laughs) It's about damn time that someone had the courage to call this out for what it is. What irritates me the most about this whole three years of if you want to call this a presidency, is the hypocrisy that has been on display every day since the occupant has been in office. Utter hypocrisy. You and I both know that if the previous president had grabbed women's genitals, if he had paid off hookers, porn stars, if he had disparaged any other minority group, if he had done a fraction of the things that the current argument has done, he would have been ridden out of D.C. on a rail. And to me, the utter hypocrisy of all these Republicans who now are mute and can't say a word against this guy, it's, it, it's unconscionable. And it it reeks of something that is beyond despicable. And I think that now that the Democrats, the House of Representatives are engaged, and to me, you're shooting your own self in the foot by some of the foolish things you've done, by some of the foolish things that you've allowed people to do on your behalf. As Malcolm X said back in the back in the 60s, the chickens are now coming home to roost. <laughs> and, and you have a price to pay. And I hope for the sake of this country, that this guy, the current occupant, that he is yanked out of the presidency, and let's move on. Let's bring on 2020, and if we can't impeach him and get him out of office now, then people need to go vote, and they need to make their vote known, and they need to vote this guy out of office, because he is an embarrassment to the United States of America.
1: Well, (laughs) he is an embarrassment. (laughs) He is an embarrassment to the Constitution of the United States. He thinks that he can do it all. He knows that whatever he does, people are afraid of him. His own political parties are afraid of him. I, I don't understand why, but that's just me. Uh, he's not, he is not an executive. That the United States has ever been proud of. He has done nothing except tried to put more money in his pocket. He's number one. That's more than anything I, I, I get upset about. He only thinks about himself. Narcissists, absolutely. Egomaniac. Yep. Sometimes just a plain asshole. Absolutely. <laughs> and as you mentioned, the chickens are coming home. The rules. You can only be bad for so long before it catches up to you. And the way he's turned the office into is a laughingstock. You know he cannot tell the truth. He's rarely told the truth, and he is hopefully, hopefully, uh, going to be voted out of office. Then there is, there's no way that they're going to remove him from office. It's just not going to happen. Uh, yeah, and we grew up. With Watergate. I remember coming home from school and watching the, the Senate hearings on Watergate. And is this similar? Yes. But when you had a Congress in the 70s that believed in the institution of Congress, Senate and House, things worked on a bipartisan basis. Yes, Democrats and Republicans uh, saw things differently. They have different agendas. But when it came to the rule of law, when it came to the Constitution, they said that's more important than saving uh, Richard Nixon's political career. And that's what it's about now to me. You know, we have a Constitution in the United States that is – divided into three separate and equal branches of government. Checks and balances. Well, he doesn't believe in checks and balances. He And, and you don't have part of the legislature that's supposed to be checking the executive branch like it should because the uh, party of the present occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, his party is behind him regardless. And it's going to take, under the current Constitution, if I'm remembering correctly, it's going to take at least 67 uh, senators to remove the current occupant yep. if yep. he's impeached. You are right. Okay. So at least 67 and that's not going to happen because the people of his own party—they're just so in 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 lockstep with him yeah. that they'll never do it because it's right for the country. They'll do it because, for some reason, they're afraid of this man. Yeah, <laughs> they are afraid of him. He couldn't he couldn't beat himself out of a wet paper bag. That's my opinion. He's probably never been in a fight before. He's had, you know, daddy's money to help him get through life and he's never, he, he is the embodiment of privilege. Yep. I
0: agree. So is rule. the
1: embodiment of, of privilege. And as a matter of fact, I'm reading a book right now. It's called white like me by, uh, Gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh, his last name is Wise. I can't think of his first name right now. But it's talking about how he, you know, grew up in Tennessee and how his father was a, you know, a, a money guy. And I think we may have talked about this before. And that his father was a big a big shot in in Nashville. And he grew up with privilege, but he never... Saw privilege because he went to the black schools. He his best friends were black and so on. So he's really doing a good, a great job on explaining what it's like for privilege, and that's what this current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's grown up with privilege so much, and he's had never had anybody to say no to him. And so, you know, th- this thing that's going on with the with Ukraine is the one thing that the uh, Democratic Party they've latched on to him like a Doverman pincher or a pit bull and they're gonna go they're gonna focus on that. And uh, he's gonna be squirming for, for some time. And hopefully we can get past this. And if he survives, I hope that I hope he doesn't get reelected. That's just my own personal opinion. And if he does not get uh removed from office because of uh, his high crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, but the, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. And well, uh, the, the guy that's the vice president, PAP, P-A-P, <laughs> Punk-Ass Pence, that's another acronym for
0: well, that listeners. Acronym.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something I've been calling. I don't know if anybody else knows that or not. But he's not as, he's just as bad because everything that... Uh, the current occupant does he falls in right behind him and he thinks that someday he's going to be uh, the president well guess what pap it ain't going to happen yeah. because you're not standing up for the rule of law you're not standing up for constitutional norms and therefore you're going to be lumped in lumped in with uh the current occupant right. so your chances are pretty slim brother so yeah. um uh, you know, you better you better strike that iron when you get a chance to get out of there, you know, run like hell, yeah, you know, he, because because the current occupant, hell, he may just kick you underneath the bus.
0: That that That's what a lot of these guys who, like you say, I don't for the life of me, I don't know why they're afraid of him. But if they look, if they look at the track record, he will turn on you in a heartbeat. <laughs> so you, you you may be thinking like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing right by the print. If he gets a chance to throw you under the bus and a bunch of other people with you, he will do that because he has no, um, it's like you say, it's all about him. So if if I can throw you under the bus to save my ass, that's what I'm going to do. And so Pence has latched himself onto this wagon. He's been along for the entire ride. The thing, the the one thing I do not like about Pence, he's always touting his Christian values. So if your Christian values mean so much to you, I don't see you calling this guy out for all the non-Christian stuff that he (laughs) has done over three years. You have been silent, but you supposedly stand for everything that Jesus Christ stood for. You know, Jesus Christ never disparaged anybody. He was always willing, uh, you know, he, he was a servant first. And if, if if he saw a need to call someone out, Jesus Christ called some people out. He skirt, he, he be you know scourged the money changers out of the temple and, and call Peter on some of his crap and whatnot. But you stand up there every day and clap for this man, you smile for this man, knowing good and well he is the devil incarnate. And so, <laughs> you, like you said, you are never going to see the presidency. Uh, it, it is a bad time for this country. Uh, I know some people may not want to voice their opinion. They may say it in private. But a lot of people know that we are in a desperate time in the U.S. of A. And as soon as we can get rid of this guy and restore some order, we can restore some decency – and some normalcy to the to the day to day life in this country and get back to the principles that are called out in the Constitution until that happens. We are on a slippery slope and um, God knows where we're going to end up. And heaven forbid if this guy get reelected. Uh, I, I don't know what what would happen if that occurs. So um, big times coming. Interesting times are coming, and we, we're going to watch here in the next few weeks to see how this plays out. Our dear friend Mitch McConnell, I think you Moscow call him, Mitch, yeah, yeah <laughs> Moscow <laughs> Mitch, he and likes that you, name. I think you called him <laughs> Yurtle the Turtle, and uh, so he has come out, and it totally surprised me. I'm like, wow, he's got some balls. He came out today and said, if the House votes to um, levy the articles of impeachment on the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, then we have no choice in the Senate but to have a trial. I could not believe it.
1: You know why he's doing that. (laughs) I could not believe it. There's only one reason why he's doing that. He wants to sound like he plays ball the fair way only because it's an election year, and Amy McGrath is challenging him. Mm-hmm. If he had no strong challenger, he wouldn't do a damn thing right. because he's done nothing for the past nope. 12, 11 years.
0: Yep, and, and check know. this out. He now he, he you know we, we got to abide by the by the rules of the Constitution, or not. Dude, where was your conscience back when Obama appointed Merrick Garland for a seat to the Supreme Court? The Constitution clearly called out what you were supposed to do then. But you didn't have the courage, you didn't have the integrity to do what you know you're supposed to do. But now you've seen the light. And, you know, if the the Constitution, if the House, you know, levies the charges of impeachment, articles of impeachment on the president, then we've got to do what we got to do. You didn't have any conscience here a couple of years ago, you know, a few years ago when it was your duty to have a hearing for the president's appointee to the Supreme Court. You were a coward and wouldn't give that man his appointment because you had a personal vendetta against the former president. So we'll see what Mitch McConnell, Mitch, Mitch, like you said, Mitch McConnell. Well, he's
1: not Mitch McConnell is not going to lose either way. Oh no! Because he can he can say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. This is the constitutional rule," because he sees right now that there's that uh, uh, what's his name, 45 yeah. is not going to be removed from office. They don't. He, he's not going to have enough votes to remove him from office. Yeah. And,
0: and so and
1: therefore, I, he could he can he can be brave now. You know, Mitch can put on his uh, flight jacket. You know, he can he can put on his Kevlar helmet. He can put on his his shield. He can put on his uh, uh, 45 or his his nine millimeter. He can walk out there with an AR-15 right now or AK-47 and not worry about anything because he's protected, because those other senators that's in there aren't going to vote against uh, the occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to get. Uh, 67 votes because the other guys are afraid of it. So Mitch, he's, he's proud, man. He's, he's yeah. in the, he's not even in the hurt locker. Nope. You know, Mitch is, he's, he's sticking his chest out. You know, look what I've done. Yeah, and look, he's, he's a bigger coward than, uh, <laughs> than Pat punk ass <laughs> Pence.
0: Yeah. It is sad, man. It is it is sad to see the so-called leaders of this country kowtowing and, And what was the term? They're kowtowing. They step and fetch it. They they step and fetch it. They kowtow to this man. And it's like, don't you guys have some pride? Don't you have some integrity? You are the so-called leaders of this country and you're acting like the the, the the little kid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid to go down to the park because so-and-so might be down there and he might beat me up or something. I mean, that's that's what we got with these guys. They're all cowards. They're all cowards. And so not only do I hope that people go out and vote, not just in the upcoming presidential election, but they vote in the senatorial congressional elections to get a lot of these spineless people out of office and let's restore the dignity that has always been prevalent in the United States government. Right now we are an embarrassment to the world, we are an embarrassment to ourselves and we are only to blame ourselves for that by electing these people, these people that for whatever reason like you say they're scared to death of of who whatever this person is. I wouldn't even say he's a man. He does things that are unmanly. And, uh, why are you afraid of somebody like that? I have no idea.
1: So, so. Get out and vote. In get out, Local get, elections. Get out. Statewide. And, and, and at the national level. Local elections, state elections, yes. to me right now, are probably more important than the, the national election. Absolutely. Because, the way things are going now, states have having the, the power to control voting districts, voting rights, and so on. So, you know, all of our folks back in small-town America, you have got to get out. You have got to drag somebody with you. You cannot stay at home. You cannot think that uh, it's so bad that the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is not going to win the election. Well, look what happened in 2016. A lot of people didn't get out and vote because it was a sure thing in 2016 that uh, that uh, Hillary was going to win that election every time from 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 history. Every time that that happens, the person that is leading the polls have lost. 1948, it was Thomas Dewey from New York. He was kicking Harry Truman's ass all over the United States, but Harry Truman who was supposed to be the worst president we'd ever had, he was all over the country going out and speaking with people, whistle-stop tours all over, you know? And what ended up happening? Dewey lost. Truman won. Because people thought, all the pundits, all the critics, said that there's no way that Dewey's going to lose this election. And Truman just kept going steady, just kept kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, and ends up winning the election. You know, so uh, America, Etown, Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana,
0: Lexington, yes,
1: Lexington, all across the country. You guys got to get out and vote in in your state and local elections as well. You know, so uh, that's that's my kick on that.
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And uh, we we cannot be lax uh, this time. We cannot be lax, and uh, you know, think that uh, you know. The, whoever is running against him um, is, is going to have an easy go of it. No, we, we have to make it known that this is unacceptable. What is going on? What has gone on? Uh, the fact that the dignity of the office of the presidency has been drugged down into beyond the mud has been drugged beyond that. And we need to restore some dignity to the office. We need to restore pride um, in this country. We need to restore integrity into the to the Congress. And so there are a lot of things that we need to do. And one way to do that is to vote. So please vote. This all your elections that are available. Make sure you vote. A lot of people have sacrificed, marched, died uh, for the right for the right to vote. Women, men, black, white vote, make your vote count, make your voice heard. So, yep.
1: Democrat and Republicans. And I'll say this, my last thing. If you're a Republican, you don't have to vote for a Republican every time. If you're a Democrat, you don't have to vote for a Democratic candidate every time. All I say is vote for the person that's going to do the best for our nation, the best for your state, the best for your life, Okay. Don't go following behind somebody just because there's a D or an R in front of their name. Hell, the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he's never been a Republican. Nope. He's always been a Democrat. Yeah. And he's he's come out and said that in 1986, I think it was. If I run for president, I'm going to run as a Republican because those dumbasses watch Fox News and believe everything that that's on Fox News. And they will vote for me for president. Well, yep. so, the soothsayer, he was correct. He was correct. He was correct. Get out and vote. Get out and
0: vote. Do your civic duty. All right. All right. So, that said, uh, we are a little past the top of the hour, and it has been another um, interesting uh, cross the tracks podcast. A lot of good dialogue tonight, a lot of good uh, opinion shared, and I think we're on the we're on the same page in a lot of these things. And uh, you know, check us out. Check out our Facebook page. Check us out online, SoundCloud, We're on iTunes. Uh, the latest episodes you can go back and look at previous episodes but check us out if you got any topics you'd like us to discuss uh, let us know we'll we'll do that we're also looking to add guests to the podcast we're looking for you know friends uh, that we have may grown up we may have grown up with uh, but we're we're open to other ideas so uh, let us know if you're interested or, you know, want to come on or just share uh, an opinion about a topic that we have discussed, we're open to that. So that said, this has been the latest episode of Across the Tracks. We'll catch you the next time.
1: We'll catch you later. This is Steve and I'm out of here.
0: And I'm Wayne. I'm out too.